are back again. Our sponsor for this second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She is currently going through her own battle of breast cancer, so please, you guys, continue to keep her in your prayers. And if you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or you're just not really sure where to start with all of that or what to do to get your uh, ducks in a row, if you will, to head that direction, definitely reach out to her at 503-409-4389. Well, when we left off, we had a great story of Dan and his nickname, Dry Dock. But before we get, because we do want to come back to this, Dan, that was really cool, but I do want to give the listeners a little update on how Marianne's doing. Oh, that would be fantastic. So Marianne says, at this moment, she is off chemotherapy. Okay. And has been since the end of May. She had a bone marrow biopsy, and they found out her bone marrow was trashed from all the years of chemotherapy. Okay. There were signs along the way showing this could become an issue, which Mm -hmm. is a little frustrating because as she's going through all this, they could see that there was a problem, yet they kept doing it. Right. Um, they also found a small amount of breast cancer in the marrow. Oh, no. They will watch that closely now. In the meantime, Marianne will begin a targeted therapy called PICRAY. I'm not sure what that is, mm-hmm. but it will target a cancer gene mutation, which is interesting that we're talking to a guy who has, Yeah. you know, so uh, it's a cancer gene mutation she has. All right. So she gets breast cancer, she thinks it goes away, it comes back, and now she has a cancer gene mutation. All right. This isn't, um, this isn't chemotherapy. What she's doing is not chemotherapy. So it will give her bone marrow a break. That's good. They, they will still be fighting the cancer just from a different angle. Okay. Next up oh, is a bone marrow biopsy from her spine. Oh, my goodness. Which just sounds incredibly painful. It really, really does. Because basically, they're going to take a needle, and they're going to go into her spine so they can get some of the bone mm-hmm. marrow out of her spine. Um, they will take a piece of bone from an active spot of the cancer. Her oncologist is looking for another gene mutation. If she has it, this will open up some other treatment options for her, which she currently doesn't qualify for. Okay. While the news of cancer in the marrow was not good, the positive is there isn't any type of blood cancer in the marrow. That's great. That was good news. Yeah. She can tell her body is rebounding from being off the chemotherapy. She has more energy and can get back to living life. That makes me happy. Yeah. June was a difficult month for her. While her blood work isn't perfect, yet it's certainly better than it was a month ago. In other words, in July, it's not perfect, but it's better than it was in June. Mm-hmm. And I love the last sentence. She is continuing to kick cancer's ass and take names. Woo! You go, Marianne. <laughs> so that's the sponsor of our show, Dan. That's great. That's a good, awesome. uh, good kind of good update. Yeah. Good news. Good, good, good news. I mean, I don't envy her that bone marrow Mm-mm. in her spine. But um, it sounds like things are progressing in a good direction. Right. So you guys, please, I know you guys know the power of prayer. So keep her in your prayers, please. So she mentioned um, they're looking for a gene mutation. And and in her case, Dan, her breast cancer, they're concerned that it has mutated. But when we go back to those shocking numbers from the first half, only 5% of cancers are actually a genetic mutation. Mm-hmm. 
95 percent mm. are lifestyle choices except let's yeah. let's as much as i love your military stories and your adventures in baseball and all that kind of stuff let's swing back to that day in hawaii when you at 51 when you went in for your colonoscopy this is just a routine colonoscopy right you weren't expecting anything phenomenal out of it that's exactly right i mean a routine i just I knew through the decades when you turn 50, you schedule a colonoscopy, and and that's just that's just preventative you know, medicine, you know. And and um, yeah, when I, when I woke up, I uh, started asking questions, and um, he gave me some a little. He gave me the photographs and uh, the report from the colonoscopy, and I went back to see him in two days at his office, and we sat down for 45 minutes, and he mentioned that uh, I may have a gene mutation. Uh, hereditary colon cancer syndrome, known as familial adenomatose polyposis. You better say uh, that again slower, lot- one more time. <laughs> what what exactly was that called again, Dan? Well, the acronym is FAP. It's pronounced, at least I, I pronounce it, familial adenomatose polyposis. Well, now we, that's- we have had a doctor, um, Dr. Eisen, on our show. So knowing what yours was, I went to him to try to get that broken down. So the familial part means family. Okay. And the anadosis refers to uh, hormones. Okay. And the polyposis is the polyps. Except that's the big family, right, Dan? That's the big family. And yours is even a smaller Mm -hmm. version of that. Yeah. The APC is the mutation, the adenomatose polyposis coli. That's the actual gene mutation. You'll find it in the fifth chromosome. That's where, that's where we'll, if you have it, that's where it will be. Um, and once again, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm just, I'm learning as I go. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very uh, attentive patient. Uh, so the, I had the APC mutation, which was confirmed by a germline DNA test. Now, attenuated FAP has a later onset in life uh, between 50 and 55. Now, the side note is attenuated FAP was discovered by the late Dr. Henry T. Lynch. So if those have heard of Lynch syndrome, well, that's, that's named after Dr. Henry T. Lynch. Now, at the time, he was the director of preventative medicine at Creighton University. And little did I know, my genetic counselor and colorectal surgeon at Tripler Army Medical Center were colleagues of Dr. Lynch. So when I got my diagnosis, I had um, um, wanted to have the surgery to remove my colon rectum and anus because any of those 100 polyps have a 100% chance of developing into colon cancer. And the biopsy of my colon, after they removed it, a week later, the, the results came back confirming that 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 large mass that was in my ascending colon was an eight centimeter tumor that was listed as high grade dysplasia. And I've been, it's been shared with me from numerous medical professionals. That's as close to stage zero cancer. So um, now the reason I mentioned Dr. Lynch, he came to Hawaii seven months after my surgery to do some academic lectures. My genetic counselor invited me to one lecture at the University of Hawaii Cancer Center she introduced me to Dr. Lynch in private, personally, oh, wow. before I was a lecture. Then we sat down after the lecture, had lunch, and for an hour and 50 minutes, 
I got to talk with my genetic counselor to Dr. Lynch about my my uh, diagnosis. Wow. I had a binder with me with my genetic uh, test results, my pathology report, and my discharge summary from from Tripler. He reviewed everything and said I had a unique case of AFAP, and I um, stayed in contact with him through the years. He was 86 and a half years old at that time. Wow. Now, on June 2nd of 2019, he passed away at 91 and a half years old. Oh, my goodness. And he was still going into Creighton University doing cancer re- hereditary cancer research up until a month before he passed away. Wow. Now, interesting, the first Sunday of every June is National Cancer Survivor Day. Mm-hmm. And June 2nd of 2019 was a Sunday. Wow. So Dr. Lynch passed away on National Cancer Survivor Day. So wow. That, I, I don't, I don't on, believe in coincidences, Dan. Mm-mm. No. And from that point on, what I wanted to do was to be a live case presentation for medical students because attenuated FAP as well as FAP is listed as a rare disease with the National Organization of Rare Disorders. And this that's a national organization. Now, globally, um, FAP and AFAP are... Or around now, FAP will impact approximately one percent of the global population. Attenuated FAP is estimated uh, when Dr. Lynch shared with me less than point zero three percent of the global population. Wow! So we we need to. So, so I have brought a lot of. We've been doing this show, Dan, for almost a year and a half, mm-hmm. and I brought mm-hmm. some pretty shocking numbers, but. You just said that the mutation you have, 0.03% of the population have that. Global. Globally. Yeah. So Globally. 7.5 billion, and you take 0.03%, uh, I think that's about 267,000. In the I mean, whole world. In wow. the whole world, yeah. And we don't know. We have no idea. There's no statistics on it. So the medical students are not taught... Their curriculum does not include rare diseases, and right. there's 7,100 rare diseases globally. So are so you, what are you like part of a massive is, study right now, Dan? No, I'm not. Actually, I'm doing everything independent. I've collaborated with uh, Penn Medicine the uni- in uh, Philadelphia, uh, do all this virtually, the University of Texas Health Center in San Antonio, the University of Michigan Genetic Hereditary Testing. I'm on their advisory board. Um and there's um, numerous other uh, Vanderbilt University, um, part of their um, inherited cancer uh, registry. And there's uh, I'm on the Johns Hopkins Hereditary Colon Cancer uh, Registry, as well as the Creighton University uh, Hereditary so uh, you're, Cancer you're, uh, Registry. You're kind of a big deal. Yeah. Well, I'm I, you know I'm just <laughs> trying to share my my <clears throat> story. Um, for, on the importance of inspiration and, and, uh, and encouragement for those who uh, have have a condition or have friends or family. And I also want to give back to the medical community, specifically the medical students. So when they learn about this early on, um, they'll have that for the rest of their lives because there's a lot of medical professionals that I talk to, even today, that that have heard about it, maybe, but they never had anybody with it. Right. Now, keep in mind, I have a hereditary colon cancer syndrome, which is a rare disease, and I also have a permanent ostomy. 
So I'm an advocate for the United Ostomy Associates of America, the National Organization for Rare Disorders, for Rare Disease Day, and then I'm also an a help be an advocate and a live case presentation for hereditary colon cancer um, so awareness. You, you emailed me a great article. It looks like it's um, from something from Canada. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read a little bit out of this article that you sent me, Dan. Is that okay, Amanda? Mm-hmm. Oh, please. Yeah. So in this article, um, and it looks like you wrote it because it, you keep saying I, so I'm assuming that you wrote this. Uh, but it says it was during these visits, and you're referring to your your visits there in Hawaii, that I was informed um, if the large mass and polyps <clears throat> were left unattended, there was a 100% chance they would develop into colon cancer. Yeah, that's correct. Now, uh, thank you for reading that. Um, that was actually the last article, that the draft I shared with Dr. Lynch for his input. Um, I am, so that was the uh, summer of 2018 and he passed away the following year. So that, that article was like six, seven months in the making, uh, before it got published. They, the Ostomy Canada Society, their editor out of Toronto asked me if I'd be interested in writing an article. And, uh, and this was earlier in 2018. So, um, yeah, that was amazing. So that was the last article that I I sent the draft over to Dr. Lynch, and I got some feedback and insight from him to make sure that I was accurate. Well, I do like what you say about midway through the article. Uh, You say, I'm a firm believer that my faith and being able to plan for the worst, which I imagine that your military background might have played into that. Yes. Uh, Planning for the Mm -hmm. worst and hope for the best. I, I like the way you said that, Dad. You plan for the worst and you hope for the best, mm-hmm. allowed you the opportunity for a success story. Since your diagnosis and surgery, your life is now in, quote, pay it forward mode. And it sounds Absolutely. like some of yeah. the things that you're doing currently is in that pay it forward yeah. mode. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I just I want to give back uh, to, you know, internationally, I have colleagues that I collaborate with. I mean, if you Google my name, Dan Drydock Shockley, you'll come across at least 31 articles that I have either written or uh, collaborated with a particular organization or university. There's a probably 13 podcasts that I've been a guest on, and this will be adding to that list. And I just want to help uh, for the rest of my days to um, share my journey on the importance of uh, early detection. Well, and, and I think that's important. Yeah, There's no family history here. So, you know, here's the thing. My parents have passed away. My siblings, I'm the youngest. My sister's four years older than me. My brother's 12 years older than me. They've been going for their colonoscopies. No, you know, two, three polyps. Now, ever since my diagnosis, I have all my information forwarded to email to them. Every time I have a, a scope uh, endoscopic procedure, surveillance, I send everything to them. They share it with their medical team. Now, Dr. Lynch, before he passed, um, well, shortly after my diagnosis, um, and when I talked to him in the following year or two um, after we started emailing each other, um, he says that it's very well possible that the gene mutation started with me because there's no family history that we know of. 
All my maternal and paternal relatives have all passed. I'm the youngest of all the first cousins. So none of my first cousins have any indications of this mutation or any colon. Any They have a couple polyps here and there. They're bite benign. Now, we're waiting for my second cousins to get into the 45-year age uh, range, and then they'll be going for their colonoscopies, and then we'll see. We'll see if it skipped a generation. But according to Dr. Lynch from many, many years ago, he uh, mentioned that it's very well possible that this mutation started with me. With me now, I don't have any biological children, so the mutation stops with me. Starts but in the meantime, share this with the medical students to better prepare them, especially the certified genetic counselor or the genetic counselor students, because they have you know so many different um, gene mutations that they're going to be studying about, and this will help them out, and it'll help their you know uh, for generations to come. Well, there was, this has been going on for a long time. It's pretty interesting that um, things can be genetic, yeah. but then it, because my son, he had a genetic disorder, and it was a male. It was that the male carried it, but nobody in his family on the male's side, on his dad's side, had any signs ever showing it, and so it, it in a sense, started with him, but it's a dominant gene. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how... You know, same thing, nobody in your family but you, which is, it's interesting. And I, I remember um, when, doc, <clears throat> when Dr. Eisen was on the show the first time, and he was explaining how cancer forms, and, and so we have this DNA, and he, he said, use the example of a copy machine. So you put a piece of paper yes. on a copy machine, remember that example? Yes, that was a good one. So this is a really interesting example, Dan. We we had a doctor on the show with us some time back, and he said if you, it, that our... our DNA is constantly reproducing. And mm-hmm. and so he said if you put a, a copy on a copy machine, you make a copy, the copy is pretty darn close to the original. But if you make a copy of a copy and then a copy of the 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 copy for like a thousand times, the, all the little pixels begin to change over time and the one thousandth mm-hmm. copy does not look like the first copy. At all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and very, it, I like that. And so in, in your case... You could go through several generations where that that gene copied correctly, father, son, father, son, father, son, except all of a sudden, mm-hmm. in Dan's case, it didn't copyright. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the mutation occurs. Yeah. Exactly. Now, it's interesting because the Shockleys come from the UK, um, England, and I've heard also from uh, Scotland. And my mom's side is the Wilsons. Now, I've been in contact with numerous first cousins on the Shockley side, and they had a family Bible that had a document in it that stated that the Shockleys came over to the U.S. back to the they came over to the states from England back in the 1600s. Oh wow! And they were down in um, in Maryland, and then they migrated the the, the family, the clan that I'm with. Um, was up in Wilmington, Delaware, where my dad was born. And then we, um, he moved up to the suburbs of Philadelphia, is where I was, my, my siblings and I were all born. Okay. But, um, I'm trying to go back. We don't have a family tree, and I'm collaborating with numerous first cousins, and I'm actually collaborating with numerous individuals and a couple organizations in the UK, uh, Rare Revolution and Rare Beacon. I've been collaborating with those two organizations for uh, going on seven years now. Um, there's no 
inform no history of uh, Shockley's over there that they know of. But I'm st- I'll still keep digging. I you know that keeps me um, that keeps the midnight oil burning sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, especially because of the time difference too. But you know it's all about you know it's all about awareness and you know mm-hmm. family history is very important. However, you know in my case being asymptomatic, that's even you know just really um, interesting how all this came about. Now, I, I, I accepted, I embraced this from the onset. You know, my mindset is I tend not to think about things I'm unable to control, such as medical issues. What I can control is my positive attitude. Good for you. And after yeah. five decades on God's green earth, my positive attitude has brought me this far. Why Good change now? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I made a mantra, always forge ahead with a purpose. I mm-hmm. love it. And if you look at my diagnosis of attenuated FAP, well, always forge ahead with a purpose is a play on the AFAP acronym. There you go. Oh, I like that. Take a negative and turn it into a positive. Yes. Well, there's one little piece of your story that I want to make sure I get in before we run out of time, Dan. And, and, you know, I can tell that if we had a two-hour show, there's a lot more you could share with us. But Oh, yeah. (laughs) uh, There's one spot in in the article that you wrote. And I like what you say here. You said, my hope is that one day my efforts as an advocate for osteomates, rare disease, and colon cancer will add significantly Mm -hmm. to this uh, deficit of education pertaining to these concerns. So I can tell your life mission after turning 50 is really advocating for these rare diseases, Mm -hmm. and that's hugely appreciated. We've been following a little timeline uh, with kicking cancer, which uh, it's ju- it's currently July of 2023, and we are celebrating our five year anniversary this month. Woohoo! Congratulations! Yeah, we started kicking cancer in July 2018, and we just kind of been walking the listeners through different events over that time period. Uh, on June the seventh of 2020. In, for those listeners that remember that, we are into COVID protocols. I know, <laughs> which is a whole different show. Um, but I had met a gentleman here in town, and he kind of the one that inspired me to do that stair climb for Becky Olson. Um, he is a volunteer firefighter. And so he would always go to Seattle and do that 70-story climb. It's a big fundraiser firemen do for leukemia lymphoma society mm-hmm. they put all their gear on all their turnout uh the breathing machine they probably add a hundred pounds and then Jeez. they climb 70 flights of stairs My goodness. with all their gear on mm-hmm. so on that day in an effort to still do it even with protocols um i went here and stayed on there's a place called pringle park plaza mm-hmm. which is downtown and to give you a, a little visual here dan it's a it's a three and a half story parking structure, but there's a staircase in all four corners. Mm-hmm. And if you take three and a half times twenty, they recreated seventy stories. Okay, yeah, yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. And so um, I met there on the roof with my friend Derek Gilbert, who was doing this for his father, who had leukemia, and for a couple of young people in this town that were battling blood cancer themselves, and I watched him put on all this fireman gear and go to his four corner because there was four of them doing it, and it was so intriguing to to watch him as he's got his auction tank going, and and his kids are there rooting for him, and, and the last ones, he's you can hear that, because he's oh, yeah. breathing through this machine, mm-hmm. right? But 
he did 70 flights of stairs with oh, wow. all of his gear on for his father. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's so, awesome. So what that, a tribute. It was a great tribute to his father. Um, his father's name was da- David Gilbert. So Derek did that mm-hmm. stair climb. Um, That's awesome. That's cool. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I feel like we could have a whole other show with all of the information you have to share. And I wish you luck on your journey. And I thank you for bringing awareness and putting yourself out there. Um, That's a big deal. And I think it will change lives. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, do I have a a moment to share something else? Uh, Sure, real quick. Yeah, real quick. I'm going back to Palo Alto VA Hospital on the 1st. And uh, to the 3rd of August to have my routine endoscopic uh, procedures to see, um, to get an update on on the mutation. Okay. So So we will keep you in our prayers then. Yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll keep you posted. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, just uh, just routine. Send me any information. We'll do an update on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. Absolutely. Thank you again, Dan. A huge shout out to our sponsor for this second half, which is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. If you're looking to buy a home or sell a home, give her a call at 503-409-4389 and make sure to continue to pray for her as she is currently going through her own battle. And we will be back next week as As the the movement movement continues. continues.